take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. When was the last time you slept so soundly and peacefully that you woke up feeling like everything, absolutely everything, was all right? When was the last time you felt free from cares, totally right with yourself, totally in harmony with the world, totally clean, totally pono, the way you felt as a child after hours of frolicking in the ocean on a sunny day, all salty and sweaty, the best kind of tired, where you could drift off to sleep anywhere and be carried up to your bed in loving arms. As a child, I used to love to record myself on the tape recorder. That was back in the day when we had tape recorders. I would play different characters, do different voices, make up shows, be an announcer on the news, all those kind of things. And here I am doing exactly the same thing all over again. It's really, <laughs> I'm only just realizing that I'm doing exactly the same thing, recording myself and playing it back. I once played both Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali in an impromptu dialogue, and sometimes I would interview myself as the most fascinating person in the world after giving myself a splashy introduction. I recall listening to one of those tapes many years later. I can't believe that they could still play, but my mom had carefully labeled and preserved a lot of that old stuff, I guess anticipating our delight in rediscovering them. There's one tape where my friend Betsy and I are just sitting around drinking as much water as we can to have a belching contest. And at one point, she lets out the longest, loudest belch we had ever heard, whereupon we laugh hysterically for five minutes. It's the entire recording. <laughs> we still talk about that momentous day. On another tape was one of those interviews of myself by myself. And now, the famous the amazing Claire Lotier. <sighs> applause, 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 applause. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. And then a long list of, I don't know, nonsense and accomplishments or whatever. And as I brought the interview with myself to a close, I asked myself, so Claire, what are your plans for the future? And then I replied to myself in total innocence, well, tomorrow I'm going swimming. To be that innocent again, that free from care, to be able to think only as far as tomorrow and for the big plan to be going swimming. I wondered when I heard that recording again years later, is it possible to recapture the innocence and insouciance of childhood, that sweet freedom and trust in life, but with the added dimension of wisdom? Or do we trade one for the other? 
I can picture just as clearly today what my child's mind was seeing as I announced my big plans for tomorrow going swimming. We belonged to a local swim club where I grew up in Virginia. During the summer, my mom would drop me and my brother off in the morning, and sometimes we'd spend all day there. I would bob up and down in the pool for hours like a frog going from underwater to above the water line, up and down, up and down, in a rhythm, almost as if in a trance. My mother remarked on it more than once, what are you doing? (laughs) I learned to swim there, and I can still see my swim teacher, Sharon, who was probably all of 15, with a spray of freckles across her wide, gleaming face that shone with zinc as she supported my belly with one hand, saying, Way to go, Claire! Way to go! And I flapped and kicked my way across the shallows. There were loudspeakers that played a local radio station, and you could hear the music underwater. And whenever I hear Fleetwood Mac to this day, I am back at Highland Swim Club, hearing that song Rhiannon alternately underwater and then in the air. Take him by the wind. Back and forth and back and forth. I remember running along the cement walkway from pool to pool. There were several pools there. Jumping off the various diving boards. I used to love the high dive. And then we'd run down to the snack bar and you had to go along a long stairway downhill. You'd get there and it was usually hot inside with the fans blowing and smelled like hot dogs and frozen pizza. And there was this rough industrial carpet and picnic tables. After about three minutes of waiting in line, I would be besieged by a severe burning sensation on the soles of my feet from all the blisters I had from jumping up and down in the pool and running barefoot along the sidewalks. And I would cry and shift from foot to foot and then eat some nachos and run back and do the whole thing again. When it was time to go, I dreaded finding Daddy Longlegs in my flip-flops because all the shoes were left by a hillside that was overgrown with ivy and the critters were everywhere. You'd pass through the changing rooms on the way out with the sound of the showers running and the plastic shower curtains being whipped around. The tile floor was always slick with steam and the place smelled like pine saw and bleach. Then we'd scamper down several flights of steps to the parking lot where my mom would be waiting to pick us up and we'd slide around in the back of our giant station wagon, no seatbelts, sweating on the hot vinyl seats as we rolled through the Virginia hills. At home, we'd play outside with the dog until dark and come inside reluctantly and then all at once ravenous, consume an entire bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken before heading off to a bath that could never quite remove the smell of chlorine and sunshine, suntan lotion and then dropping into the most delicious sleep. Back in those days, my dad, who was a psychiatrist, decided to teach us self-hypnosis. He was helping people quit smoking with it as a former smoker himself who'd been able to give it up through self-hypnosis. He showed us how to roll our eyes up into our heads, slow down our breathing, and relax each part of the body. In a way, I guess he was my first meditation teacher. I remember that I began spontaneously using the technique as I was drifting off to sleep. It seemed so natural. It's amazing how, as children, we do things without self-consciousness. I don't know why I didn't keep that up as I got older. It's easy to wax nostalgic about the old days, isn't it? (laughs) We look back on it, and maybe there's a kind of sheen. 
Before life got so seemingly complicated, we lived blissfully unperturbed, or that's our impression. Once years ago at the ashram, on a break between classes during a big training where there were hundreds of people, I observed my teacher drifting off into a catnap as innocently as a child. We were still on the stage. Everyone was milling around. There was this buzz of activity and coming and going. And yet he could just allow himself to sleep. I felt a pang as I realized I couldn't do that. I could never forget myself enough to sleep like that without feeling like I should be doing something or having a million thoughts racing through my mind. In fact, I couldn't remember the last time I had slept like a child without some inner disturbance or anxiety bookending it. When I saw my teacher let go into blissful oblivion, I understood that we don't have to trade innocence for wisdom. In fact, spiritual maturity and wisdom include our original innocence because it has never left us. It's innate, however much we might believe it's gone for good. Today's alchemical key can set us free from the burden of the past in us because it's the past in us that weighs on us so heavily, that weighs us down. Some of it we're aware of and some of it is beyond conscious awareness. Over-identification with the past is what gives us our sense of self, one we're reluctant to part with. And yet it's only in forgetting ourselves that we can find peace and freedom, forgetting even just for a few moments who we believe ourselves to be, which is totally based on the past. The past is with us here in the present, even now. It is still alive in us as karma in every cell of our being. It's our inheritance, for better or for worse, carried into this lifetime through our very DNA. In fact, this body and mind and ego that we're so attached to represent the sum total of the karma that we bring into this lifetime through the physical and the subtle bodies. They're also the perfect vehicle, and this life is the perfect situation for the release of that karma. With the dissolution of karma, we rediscover our original innocence and incorruptibility still there within us, as fresh and ever new as springtime. Today's alchemical key is all about spiritual hygiene cleaning out the subconscious, and I point to it with the question, am I willing to let go? Am I willing to let go? Our original innocence is covered up by layers of past, like ancient civilizations stacked on top of one another, each one a world of its own, built on the dust and the bones of the last one and usually unaware of it. Occasionally when you're digging a hole, you find an arrowhead and you're like, huh, wonder what that's doing there. Fortunately, we don't have to be archaeologists in our own lives. We don't have to unearth or even understand the past in us. We don't have to put together the old fragments of clay pots or decipher cuneiform to improve ourselves. All we have to do is let it go. Let those old civilizations blow away like so much dust in the wind. Notice that the ego mind might have an objection there. It's fascinated with itself and the glamour of its story. 
Sidebar, I'm not saying that it can't be useful to do karmic research on the origin of current patterns or problems that you keep running into in this life. It can actually help you recontextualize problems that you're having right now to realize that you're experiencing, for example, the other side of something that you've participated in. But eventually, we have to let that stuff go too and not use it as an excuse to hang on to the drama of the personal self and the personal story. So why not just let it go from the get-go and lighten your load? Well, we don't really trust it, do we? (laughs) We don't really trust that there's anything else there. If I let go of this, then well, what am I? That is the question, right? Letting go is a moment-to-moment practice of forgiveness and a form of spiritual hygiene. Spiritual hygiene, the daily cleansing of the subconscious, the storehouse of karma, the past in us. If we don't clean it out, it gets filled up with junk and it feels heavier and heavier. So what is this subconscious? I mean, we talk about it, but what is it really? How do you get a sense of it? How can you feel it? How can you relate to it? Well, this is what I like to do. To get a sense of the subconscious in you, tune into yourself energetically and you'll notice the presence of kind of like a low-grade tension, like the background hum of a refrigerator, a sound that we're so used to that we don't even notice it anymore. You only notice it paradoxically if it stops. And then you automatically take a deep breath and you realize, God, I was tense. (laughs) This background noise or tension is the burden of the past in us, a subconscious negativity that translates into low-grade physical tension and a general lack of trust in life. This is subtle stuff here, but if you feel for it, you will sense it, a subtle kind of controllingness that is in constant resistance to how this moment is showing up. It's like a two-year-old saying, no, I don't want this. This moment should be different from what it is. A refusal to be carried with the flow of life the way it's showing up from moment to moment. This is due to the structure of the ego itself. And then there's the content, which are this undercurrent of memories we don't even remember, the unexamined beliefs that we take for granted, and the thoughts that we don't even know we're thinking, all of which are part of this energy field of the subconscious, and they're running the show. They're so much a part of our programming as to be invisible and inaudible to us, but they are part of our perceptual apparatus, filtering everything in our experience with a subtle negativity that we experience as dissatisfaction, anxiety, restlessness, or unhappiness. This cloud cover is muting our experience of life, impairing our natural joy and the access to that childlike part of ourselves. It's, it's cutting us off temporarily from the divine child in us, the part that's ever new and totally innocent. Am I willing to let go? Am I willing to let go of my resistance to this very moment as expressed through the holding and low-grade tension in my body? 
Where am I feeling it? In my jaw, in my hips, in my hands, in my shoulders and my neck, in the pit of my stomach? Am I willing to let go of whatever I seem to be holding against myself deep down somewhere? Am I willing to forgive everything? Forgiveness is more than letting go of slights, hurts, and betrayals. It's letting go every moment of any control over this moment, any desire for it to be other than it is or for anyone to be other than they are. At another level, it's the willingness to let go of the illusion that there's anything to forgive in the first place. It's the recognition that from a higher level of awareness, the world doesn't need saving. That nothing is causing anything else. That everything is unfolding spontaneously as the perfect expression of its own essence at any given moment. From this space of consciousness, the world is already redeemed because it is already perfect just as it is. From a lower level of consciousness, we have perception. We see things a certain way, and that's where we find fault with what is. But that is merely based on our perception. But we don't believe that yet, do we? Because we see everything through the lens of perception, through the watery eyes of memory. We have wounds. And we don't want to let go of our view of right and wrong. And that's why we need spiritual hygiene, daily practice to clear out the subconscious. The subconscious is the repository of memory. It's like an old storage locker full of junk where we stash all the stuff that we don't know what to do with or we don't want to think about or we think we don't have room for in our lives. If you've ever had a storage locker, you know the feeling. It's a burden that there's stuff you need to deal with. It's always on your mind, you know. For some reason, you feel like you can't deal with it yet, but you're paying for it every month. Now imagine this storage locker contains not only your stuff, but your whole family's stuff and all your ancestors' stuff, plus all your stuff from other lifetimes is piled up in there. The pressure from all that stuff is intense and you're paying for it. It's always in the back of your mind somehow, but you put off dealing with it. This is how most of us operate with regard to our subconscious. Yeah, I need to deal with that. One day I'm going to get to that. One of my cousins has been a collector of things much of his life. He's obsessed with Star Wars and he has a huge collection of figurines and accessories. He was also obsessed with the whole culture of absinthe, the alcohol, and all of the accoutrements that go with it, all kinds of special spoons and glasses, collections and sets and trays and old ads for different brands of absinthe. I mean, piles of the stuff collected in the basement where he also has his office, along with antique bar furniture from the same period. I guess you could say there was a strong attachment to and nostalgia for the past. Years ago, he came to participate in an awakening experience at the ashram with me and ended up in the small group with my teacher as his mentor. 
we had all drawn oracle cards as a starting point for questioning, a starting point for our theme of the week, you know, what the mirror of reality was showing us that we needed to look at. Mine was gratitude, and his, if I remember, was purify, something about getting rid of things and detoxifying your life. When it came around to his turn in the circle, he looked at the card, nodded knowingly, and talked about his tendency to collect and hold on to things, and how he knew that he needed to clean out the basement and let things go. With that card, the universe was saying, take stock of your life and let the past go. That was six years ago. He kept saying he was going to do it. <laughs> he would say to me periodically, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I've got it. It's on my mind. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. But he didn't. Meanwhile, it was discovered that his house, built on a hillside, was literally sliding down the hill by tiny degrees. The earth was subtly moving underneath the house, and the foundations were cracking. The company who built the house only 25 years before had to come in and assess the situation, which was deemed a natural disaster by act of God. Interesting. The plan to save the house involved two major stages, the first of which was to stabilize the foundations which were slipping by jackhammering every square inch of the basement to dig deeper into the hillside. I'm reminded here of the biblical story about the wise and foolish builders. The wise man built his house on rock and the foolish man built it on sand. And when the winds and the rain came, the house was washed away. That story is about our spiritual foundations and where we root our identity. Are we rooting our identity in the material world with its instability and constantly shifting sands? Or do we root our identity on the rock of spiritual power, which is unchanging and the only source of true stability? The material world is the world of samsara, where identification with the ego and the personal self is the focus of life. And if we believe that's all we are, and we try to find peace and stability and happiness there, we are shaken to our foundations when the winds and the rains come. So this work on my cousin's house was scheduled for Christmas of this past year. And in order for them to do it, he finally had to empty the basement completely and go through everything that he had built up there for 25 years. He ended up selling his entire collection of absinthe paraphernalia to an antiques dealer for a tidy sum and bought an electric bike with the proceeds. Also interesting, talk about trading the past for the modern age. It took me six years, he said to me somewhat ruefully, but I finally did it. Of course, he knew that this was about more than just the physical stuff. It was a metaphor for everything he didn't want to look at. The house is the self, and the basement is the subconscious. Think of your own house and your own basement if you have one. Some people put it all in the attic. <laughs> one way or another, it's a metaphor. But like most of us, he waited until the house was literally falling down to start dealing with the problem. There's still a ton of Star Wars memorabilia, but I guess you can't expect the guy to let go of everything all at once. To me, this story in all its details is deeply and even humorously symbolic. 
If we cannot let go of the past in us, if we do not engage in spiritual hygiene and deal with things as they come up, if we are ruled by our wounds of the past, the universe will find a way to shake our foundations so that we are forced into examination and action. Most of us let things build up, sweep things under the rug, avoid confrontation, hide, run after the next shiny object or person to distract ourselves, and do whatever we can to put off looking at what the ego has wrought and feeling all the pain that comes with it. Am I willing to let go? Am I willing to let go of my illusions about myself and who I pretend to be, about what I thought life was supposed to look like? Am I willing to let go of all that is false in me? Let's forgive ourselves. Because quite frankly, we haven't had the awareness to be able to process the past in us. And even if we had the awareness, we didn't have the tools. How do you deal with that stuff? Most of us were taught some kind of form-based hygiene. How to keep our bodies and our environment clean and in working order. Whether or not we always follow through with that stuff. But most people, I guess, brush their teeth every day. I know I can't leave the house without feeling clean and put together. It's just a form of self-respect and self-honoring. If you want good health, you don't let things build up in your body or on your body or in your home. You give them regular attention and the occasional deep clean. But what most people have never learned is spiritual hygiene. How do you deal with all this psychic junk and debris that builds up during a lifetime? And what about all the stuff from before that's stored in your subconscious? How do you deal with your karma, all the stuff that's unresolved and causing you to repeat the same patterns in your life, causing frustration, illness, pain, suffering? Humanity's been good at consuming and accumulating, but we've not yet learned how to process the byproduct of that accumulation, all of our trash, all of the waste, all of the plastic in the ocean, the nuclear waste, the carbon, the landfills, and so on. This is another metaphor on the collective level for our inability to, up until now, process our garbage on the individual level. The garbage that we've built up on the material plane mirrors the buildup of psychic garbage that we haven't dealt with. We won't be able to resolve our problems on the material and environmental plane until we take responsibility for ourselves on the spiritual level. That's why our first alchemical key of this series was, I am responsible. Thus, the importance of spiritual hygiene, the practice of emptying the subconscious storage space, cleaning out the basement, releasing the trash that builds up in us to get back to zero, back to a clean slate, to get beyond the mind-made little me, the egoic mind of the personal self and everything that goes with it, and which temporarily obscures the dimension of spaciousness and bliss that is our true nature that innocence, that ever new joy and wonder. How do we perform spiritual hygiene then? What's involved? Well, we have to clean out the subconscious and we have one question that begins the cleaning. Am I willing to let go? 
With this one question, the inner alchemy begins. So I'm not asking the ego to let go because it would never will. I'm calling upon something else in me, the spiritual will. That's the willingness I'm invoking, a willingness to surrender to divinity, whatever the ego would hold on to. And I'm phrasing it as a question. So there's no forcing here. I just open the space for letting go to happen rather than imposing force, which would be coming from the personal will. And that would set up counterforce. And then I'd be in resistance and right back in the ego. See how it works? Am I willing to let go? Just opens the door. The alchemy is that with the kindness of the question, there's an inner surrender, a softening. And the subconscious then renders up whatever old data is playing at any given moment in any given situation. Then a process takes place that is beyond conscious awareness, a process of healing and releasing separation between you and yourself. So you understand it's not the personal self that performs the act of alchemy. All we do is give permission. Am I willing to let go? And then you'll feel something happen. Am I willing to let go of this doubt, this fear, this desire, this judgment, this position, this pain, this grudge? Am I willing to relinquish my need to have things a certain way, to control this moment? or this person's behavior? Am I willing to let go of my pride, my vanity, my self-image, my need to be right? Everything, everything can be let go of from moment to moment. That is forgiveness. Just ask the question, am I willing to let go? Whenever you don't feel good, and relax any holding or tension that you're aware of in your body. And then ask the question when you do feel good and ask if you'd be willing to let go of that too. Because beyond there, beyond the pairs of opposites is where peace dwells. We only have one job in life to clean out the subconscious, to let go of things regularly, to notice if things are building up by the pressure and the stress you feel. As we clean out the subconscious through conscious letting go, the heaviness and density of life dissipate and the sun begins to shine through the clouds. I've already shared a simple but powerful mantra as a cleaning tool for your subconscious mind. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. This is the mantra of letting go. For a review of that mantra and how it works, listen to the episode from this series entitled Quantum Problem Solving. As you use this alchemical key, am I willing to let go? You will begin to feel lighter and rise by your own buoyancy. You'll have a different charge in this infinite electromagnetic field that we call God or the universe or the great spirit or whatever you want to call it. Just feel it. 
It's in you and it's all around you. It's infinite and it's eternal. And we go in that field wherever we are called by our vibration, by our choices, by how we collapse the waveform in every moment by the choice that we make. Spiritual hygiene is part of that inner alchemy that brings us like a cork on the ocean to a higher frequency range in that infinite electromagnetic field and thus to a different experience of reality. As always, the answer is not out there. It's in here. I'm aware that there are questions about this series, things that you'd like me to clarify or go into a bit more deeply. And I want to give you the chance to ask me anything. In the show notes, you'll find a link to my Q&A page. You could submit your questions there, and I'll devote a whole episode of the podcast to answering the ones that come up most frequently. I'll see you again soon. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.